Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Emergency Podcast Schedule Release Edition. We are back with a midweek podcast because the NFL released their 2020 schedule. And we are going to talk about it because the Lions now have all 17 games set, including their preseason, uh, which we probably won't talk about because we don't care that much. But uh, plenty of exciting things to talk to. But before we get into it, let me introduce myself. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the managing editor of Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. I'm the interim coach of this midweek interim podcast. That doesn't make sense. Who cares? But with me for this emergency pod is Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan, I know you love schedule release day. How excited are you? Just I'm through the roof. I couldn't be more excited to sit here and talk about a calendar. <laughs> Listen. This was the last thing that we get to be excited for because it was something that happened for sure. The rest of the offseason, who knows what's going to happen. This was the last event that we were sure was going to take place. So I'm going to take as much joy in it as I can as we talk about the Lions schedule released on Thursday night. I'm not I'm not going to allow your cynicism tonight. I'm just not going to. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to have any of it. That's cool. I'm going to allow you to enjoy it, but you should also allow me the ability to not enjoy it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Um, so on this podcast, we are going to go through the the line schedule in, in four game clusters. Uh, talk about maybe what we think the lines might do in those four game clusters. What we think about where the lines luck landed in terms of, of the opponents and the order they came in. Um, but before we do any of that, I just want to go over some like initial reactions when the schedule dropped. What were some of the first things you noticed? Some of the good, maybe bad things that you noticed. Um, let's throw it to you first, Ryan. What, what was the first thing that you noticed uh, when you saw the line schedule? Yeah. So the first thing that I always look for whenever a schedule gets released is the bye week because I think it is without a doubt the most important mark because it is, it is a for sure guaranteed thing you want to talk about for sure guaranteed things the bye week is always one thing that you can count on uh as a week to get healthier as a week to uh you know set yourself up for the rest of the season and for another year in a row the lions have a week five bye week and it's uh it's a killer yeah it was it was the top thing on my like i, I put out an article earlier in the week it was like five things i want out of the Lions schedule and a late bye week was number one with a bullet and for the fourth straight year, it's coming week seven or before this. This time it's week five, same as last year, which is the earliest it's been uh, in quite some time. 
Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's really it's it's just difficult on the players, right? It's not only just a physical limitation, but it's a mental grind too. And I yeah. think that that can't be understated. After four games, you're only a quarter of the way through the season. You still have you know twelve games to play, and 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 all these all these opportunities to go on the road and come home and get injured, and it's uh it, it's it's a mental grind. I think just as much as it is a physical grind to play twelve straight games without a break. No question. No question. And it was one of the first things I noticed, too. Um, another thing that that's interesting, probably not surprising. Lions have no primetime games unless you count Thanksgiving. Um, they can obviously change that if they if they play well in the first half and, and get flexed to one of those Sunday night football games. But, um, you know, not not particularly surprising, giving the, the three twelve and one um, finish last year. But it's the first time in 10 years they haven't had a night game, which is. It's kind of surprising. It kind of makes you think like, ooh, we're kind of entering that era that we, we thought we had left in the 2000s. The 2010s, yeah. we, we thought we had turned a corner, you know, being an, a nationally televised team that, that people care about, that people are excited about. Um, but the last two years have been rough and, and not too many people are paying attention to the Lions and understandably so. Sure. Uh, I think it, it's it's one thing to make the list of everybody's worst to first, but it's going to take time to build that kind of cachet that the Lions seem to have been building for a couple of years where they got some nationally televised games, whether it was like the Monday night opener against the Giants or, um, you know, whatever it may be, but it's going to, it's going to take some time to, to reestablish that. And we're obviously seeing the pendulum swing the opposite way. Now, I think that regardless maybe of how the Lions play, they could be maybe even just a decent team. I foresee one of their late games getting flexed just because it's Tampa. Yeah, week 16 against the Bucks. I gotta hate I hate just saying Tampa Bay. It, it makes me it's nails on a chalkboard. I'm gonna even just reading it. it. I'm gonna of course you it whenever I can now. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean, even I mean week 17, if the Lions are in it. We saw, you know, a couple of years ago, there, there weren't, there isn't always like a winner you're in situation in week 17 that they like to flex to that Sunday night game. So um, the Lions have just as good of any, as good a chance as any team to really be that uh, week 17 flex with uh, home against the Vikings, um, which leads me to my, my final observation before we get into the clusters and everything, um, starting at home, ending at home, both uh, divisional games. Um the the one the one thing that was interesting and someone in the Pride Detroit comments mentioned it is the the two one of the two of the earliest games that got leaked were home opener against Bears and Thanksgiving against the Texans and both of those drummed up horrible horrible memories because the last time we opened against the Bears was the Calvin Johnson uh, catch game and then the last time we played the Texans on Thanksgiving was the Jim Schwartz red challenge flag game. so thanks schedule makers <laughs> and it we get to just- see all those highlights again. Yeah, we get to see Justin Forsett. It was Justin Forsett, not Arian Foster. I think everybody gets that wrong, right? Someone tried to correct me on Twitter and said, uh, I think you mean Arian Foster. I'm like, no, I got it right. Thanks. Hey, he, he doesn't he doesn't make the law. He just enforce it. Justin Forsett. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get yeah. into it. Do, do you it. have one more? Well, I mean, kind of just to go hand in hand with yours, even yeah. even, you know, starting at home and ending at home. But kind of starting on the road for like the first half of the season and then getting a strong like 
yeah. uh, home presence towards the latter half of the season because they have one, two, three, four of their first six, uh, six games on the road. And then they end with that, you know, three out of four at home, which yeah. could be pretty big because two of those games are divisional games at the end, uh, home against the Packers, which is nice to not be playing in Lambeau in December. And then also playing home against the Vikings, like it, like you had mentioned. So kind of that duality, because I think in, in, in more recent years, it was almost like game at home, game away, game at home, game away. Right. And it was really kind of balanced for the Lions. This seems to be a little bit less of a balanced schedule. Yeah, they still really only have, I'm looking, one instance of two game, two home games in a row. And that's week 16 and week 17, oddly enough. But uh, but yeah, you're right. Um, I, there there's a moment, there's a part in the schedule where I think they play at Ford Field once in a month and a half. That's from basically week two, all the way until week eight. They play yeah. once at home. Yeah, and there's a bye week stuck in there too. It's crazy. Yeah, that is pretty nuts. Um, all right, let's jump into the first cluster of the games. We start off as we mentioned, home against the Bears. Then we travel to Green Bay to play the Packers, as you said, not in cold weather, hopefully. Um, then we make our annual trip to Arizona to play the Cardinals and then come back home against the Saints. So, I mean, that's that's kind of an up and down schedule, right? Cardinals, probably not that great of a team. The Bears, mediocre. Um, but then you got the Packers and the Saints, two teams that were really good last year, two teams that could be very good again. Um this isn't quite as daunting of a start as it looked like it was last year when we are like, well, if the Lions can get out two and two, that'd be amazing. If one and three, that's okay too. They come out two, two, oh, and one or two, two, one and one after the, the sad Chiefs loss. Um, what, what do you kind of see as like a best case, worst case scenario here? I mean, I hate doing the early prognostications just because we have an entire offseason in air quotes, I'm putting that Um, we have training camp and all that stuff. We have injuries in the preseason and and things like that, but purely looking at the schedule from a talent standpoint and where the teams are now, it seems like best case scenario would be two and two. I think if, if the lions can end up with the win, uh, a a divisional win against the bears in week one. uh, And then I I even think the Cardinals are going to be kind of tough. They're on the road. They they, they got be, some yeah. talent. They got some talent this offseason. They got DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they they have quite quite a potent offense, especially if Kyler Murray can take a next jump and, and get more sure. comfortable in that Cliff Kingsbury system. But uh, I I truly think two and two going at going you know at Green Bay going into Lambeau that's always a, a difficult game. And then this is a this is an interesting scenario. I mean, they do get the Saints at home. So I mean, I think that might be the one saving grace is that. You don't have to travel to New Orleans, which is just an absolute house of horrors, except for 2016. Um, but yeah, I think two and two is maybe like best case scenario for this stretch. Yeah, I, I would say three and one is possible, but one and three is far more likely than three and one. Um, and I think if I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and throw down records for all these quartets, and you guys can add them up at the end. But I'm, I'm saying probably a, a one and three or two and two start here. I'm going to, I'm going to play pessimistic here and say one and three. I think they pick up either the bears game or the saints game. Like you said, I know I just said the Cardinals aren't that good, but playing there on the road has always been tough for this team. And and I do think they're going to be a better team than they were last year. Um, Lines are going to have revenge on their mind for, for blowing that fourth quarter lead last year. But, um, that that's going to be a potent offense. I think you're right. I think with the addition of Hopkins, I think um, with Kyler Murray in second year, that's going to be a tough one. And then at Packers, I, I mean, 
until the Lions can consistently win there, and they they've won more so than they obviously did in the past decade. Um, I can't I can't pick the Lions winning in Lambeau, and and Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be healthy at that point. I'm um, assuming nothing in the preseason happens, um, and and. While Aaron Rodgers wasn't the guy that he he used to be, he's he's certainly going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder this year. So um, it'll be interesting to see what we get there out of mm-hmm. him. Um, all right, and so next we go to bye week. So lines coming out of the bye, one and three ish. Let's move to that second quartet. We start at Jacksonville, not in London, uh, against the Jaguars at Atlanta. So two two road games to come right out of the bye week. Then they come home to play the Colts and then travel to Minnesota to play the Vikings for their sec or for their third uh, divisional game. This quartet looks a little bit leaner. Am I right? I think so. Especially with the, I, I think with the advantage of the bye week too. Yeah. Um, and then playing one of your games out of the bye week on the road. I think that's always, that's always an advantage um, in anybody's schedule. So I truly think that best case scenario, you're looking again at three and one, but I think that they're more likely to go two and two over the stretch. But I, I could I could be talked into three and one with potential wins against the Jaguars, which are just an absolute tire fire of an organization these days, right? Yeah, um, I mean they they gotta win that game. Like if there's yeah. a game that like you have to circle and like if the Lions don't win this game, bad omen for the rest of the season. Sure, bad, bad things out are of the bye. I know yeah. it's I know it's on the road and it's not easy to play, especially in a place like Jacksonville that might still be warm that time of year and, and humid as hell. But you got to win that game. Yeah, yeah. So um, at Atlanta, I don't know. Atlanta's kind of a team that's in flux. They could either be they could either be good or they could be really bad. Um, and I, at home against the Colts, the the saving grace is that is you know it is at home. And it's against Philip Rivers, who I think is really a quarterback who's just kind of on the decline. I think he's yeah. he's really more a name than he is a, a difference maker like he used to be earlier in his career. We saw that when the Chargers came to to Detroit last season. Um, you know, getting another crack at at uh, Philip Rivers at home is is a good thing. And at Minnesota has just not done the Lions any favors in in previous years, and I don't think it will this year either. Yeah. I'd say best case scenario is is a clean sweep here, but I'm I'm gonna go down for three and one here. Uh, maybe that's being on the optimistic end here, but uh, like I said, Jacksonville is kind of a must win game. I'm not really a believer in the Falcons right now. I, I do feel like they're a team that really hasn't recovered since twenty eight and three, uh, twenty eight two three I should say. Um, that they just kind of seem like they're on the decline right now, and 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 maybe they'll prove me wrong by by week six by week seven, um, but it doesn't seem like it. Colts. <sighs> I, I like you said, Philip Rivers just doesn't seems like a band aid on not a terrible roster. I mean, this team was okay last year. I think they were either seven and nine or eight and eight or so. Um, so they're not a bad team, but I don't see Philip Rivers moving the needle for them much. And then at Vikings, as you mentioned, always a tough place for this team to play, but I do think it's winnable. I do think this Vikings team might be more, more vulnerable this year than, than any year at all. And the Lions have won in that stadium before. So it's not like, uh, it's not like Lambeau to me. It's, it's, it's indoors. Um, it's loud, sure, but uh, I'm just not sure the Vikings are, are trending. I mean, you can make an argument really that all four of these teams are trending in the wrong direction, and so I think the Lions have a shot to sweep. But I'm gonna, I'm, I'll put them down for three and one. Ooh, fair. That's, I, I, I think that's still optimistic, but yeah, yeah, I think so. So I'm sitting right now at four and four through nine weeks. You're, uh, you're probably a little bit lower. You're not throwing out 
pure prediction there because you're you're being a little curmudgeon about it, but yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so when we come back, we're going to tackle the last half of the schedule. We'll ta- tackle Thanksgiving. We'll tackle some divisional games and see where we have the lines ending up by the end of the 2020 NFL season. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back with the schedule release. Midweek POD cast, talking the Lions schedule. Um, during the break, Ryan conceded and, and also has the Lions going four and four through the first eight of their game's first nine weeks because they have that early bye. So let's jump into the second half of the schedule, make some predictions, break down some of these matchups. The Lions come out of week nine going at home against Washington. Then they travel to the Panthers. They have their Thanksgiving game on a short week, coming back from Carolina to play the Texans. Then they travel back to Chicago for a December game at Soldier Field. Uh, This... This is kind of another up and down where it's just like, yeah, there's some winnable games here, and then there's some kind of annoying, cringy-looking games. Uh, what, what's your immediate thoughts on this quartet of games, Ryan? I think this is the best stretch they have to go 4-0. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, tell I really why. Do, I'll tell you why. Washington, I'm not sold on Dwayne Haskins, and I don't even yeah, think Washington exactly. is necessarily whole. I don't think they're sold on Dwayne Haskins either, but mm-hmm. um, I don't foresee Washington being a very good football team this this season. The Carolina Panthers, I think they're truly a transitional team. Yeah. Um, now, me, right now, Teddy? Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. Teddy, Teddy's Teddy? their quarterback. Yeah, so, I mean, unlike me to be going against <laughs> my brand, but... Um, and I then, mean, yeah, the first three games of this quartet... Well, yeah, the th- yeah the third game too. Um, <laughs> but it's it's home. It's against the Texans. I think the Texans are a team that's trending in the wrong direction. They had a they had a pretty bad off season. I feel like um, okay. trading away their their best player. I think objectively speaking, um, is never a good look for for an off season. Just ask the uh, Oakland Raiders after they got rid of Khalil Mack, and then at Chicago. Yeah, David Johnson, though. 
they do have David Johnson, who <laughs> who is forever a part of my top 10 running back list cast just because of the one year that he won me fantasy football and had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. <laughs> I still believe in David Johnson. But, um, yeah, I think this is truly like their best stretch to go 4-0 because I think, that, I think that all these teams are teams that are trending in the opposite direction uh, mm-hmm. as this offseason progressed. Okay. Are you going to put down a, a number here or... I will. Uh, obviously, four four knows your best case. What's your your three and one? Three and one. Okay. Three and one. Yeah. I've, that feels like a good number. I I like the lines at home versus Washington a lot. They should have beat them handily last year, and and it got away from them without Matthew Stafford. Assuming where all these predictions are assuming Matthew Stafford is playing sixteen games, because why would you want to predict anything else than that? Um, Panthers is a tricky one. I'm not. I'm not sold that they're in free fall, but um, but they definitely are a team in transition, as you mentioned. So that's kind of a toss-up game for me. Texans, I don't know. There's just bad juju about playing the Texans on Thanksgiving. I can't put that Jim Schwartz moment out of my brain. They had that game, too. I think the Texans were something like 9-1 and one going into that game. The, the lines were bad, and they just had that game, and then everything slipped out. Jason Hansen donks a, a game-winning field goal off the, off the post. He audible dongs it. Yeah. And and then at Bears, like that's a tough one too, man. I can't. I I don't know. Like everyone, everyone in chat kind of agrees with you that this is our best stretch. I kind of think the previous four are a more optimistic stretch for than than this. You know, Jaguars, Falcons, Colts, Vikings. I like that four better than this four, just because there are a lot of weird factors in this one. I think I have lines going two and two here. All right, that's fair. Yeah. So you're you're at one above. 500 i'm at 500 right now through uh what are we at 12 games here yeah ready to see it come crashing down (laughs) yeah well come on lions finishing three of four games at home got a couple divisional opponents they they can they know they're going to be ready for and Mm -hmm, a titans team that whatever like okay they made a conference championship run but they're not they're not going to repeat that with ryan Tannehill, right uh, I have them going zero and four over this stretch. No, come on, what? Yeah, all right. Uh, let me let me just run it down here. Pa- home versus Packers at Titans. Home versus Bucks. Bucks. No, don't call them anything else. And then finale against the Vikings. Break it down for me. All right. So here's the deal with this stretch to end the season. Yes, they get the benefit of playing three of the final four games at home, but it just so happens that three of those four teams are better than the Lions right now. So. <laughs> we're really going to have to see the lions either put together a really impressive first 12 games that shows them to be truly in the image of Matt Patricia and, and what he wants this team to be, or if they are anything like the team that I have set them up as being very mediocre, very 500. I think that this stretch of the season, you know, it it doesn't, it doesn't look good. It doesn't bode well for them. So I'm going to say, Oh, and four over this final four game stretch from my final prediction. Yikes. And that lands you at seven and nine, which doesn't sound that bad after an 0 and four collapse to the season. But if the lines are heading into December, what seven and five as you had them and then mm-hmm. just drop the last four. Yeah. Oof. We've never seen, never seen that before. <laughs> yeah, Never. <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Let me, let me go game by game here because I don't know. Like the Packers is a, definitely a winnable game. We've we've seen the Lions play the ta- the Packers pretty tough, even with Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
under Matt Patricia's defense um, seems to have whatever had Aaron Rodgers' number for whatever reason. I don't think the Packers got any better this offseason. In fact, I think they got worse um, than, than they were last year. And, and I think we can all agree that the Packers probably overperformed. I've seen Packers fans even admit that they overperformed last year into, what, a 13-3 and record. They're not going to be that good. So winnable game. I put that one kind of a coin flip. Titans, I kind of have that one in a coin flip too. Like, I know... Derrick Henry's all the buzz and and run defense, run defense, run defense. And and maybe the Lions are going to be a bad run defensive team. Maybe they're going to be a good one. But we know that they're putting efforts into that. We know that that's what they're trying to stop. And so I think they can steal one from Tennessee there. I'm going to mark that one as a dub. Buccaneers, man, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't like the Lions chances there. I don't I don't know what to either either something is amazing is going to happen in Tampa Bay or they're just going to implode like kind of like all the expectations were with Cleveland last year. Like I feel like the bucks are starting to build that sort of reputation without any evidence of like them actually going out there and doing it. Um, Obviously Tom Brady is a game changer here, but he's also not playing his best football at 48 or whatever he's at. Um, I'll still mark it as a loss there, but I'm not ready to believe that the Buccaneers are everything that everyone wants them to be right now. I think, uh, I think the Buccaneers are a lot closer to being everything everybody says they're going to be more than Cleveland was ever going to be getting into last season. Why? Baker Mayfield versus Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady at least has a track record versus Baker Mayfield was supposed to take the jump from rookie quarterback to all of a sudden being a stud. So and and just look at look at the legitimate talent that is all around Tom Brady at that point. Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, who is not a top ten wide receiver, but he's still really <laughs> good. Uh, Cameron Bray, OJ Howard. They they have they have a ton of, of of weapons around him. And when was the last time we saw Tom Brady with with legitimate talent around him at the skill when, positions? When's the last time we saw Tom Brady without hoodie right behind him? Hey, if there Never. was. A, that's a very good point, but if there is anybody I'd like to see Tom Brady play with, it'd be Bruce Arians. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, uh, yeah so let's mark that as an, as an L. And then at home versus Vikings, another toss-up. I'm not, as much as I've been like pounding the table for the Vikings in the past three or four years, I'm not a believer in them this year. I'm just not. So I think the Lions take that one and go two and two in the final stretch as well, which lands me at the absolutely boring why are you even doing this prediction of eight and eight? That's honestly kind of why I went zero and four because I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> you just didn't want to be eight and eight guy. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm eight and eight guy every single year, and you I are I, eight and eight. Listen, I I like riding the fence. I'm I'm an equal parts optimistic, equal parts pessimistic, and I'm it, it's hard. It's hard to make any sort of predictions now. It's a fool's errand, and we do it anyways because we like to make fools out of ourselves. Why else would we be broadcasting this on Twitch right now? Why would I be broadcasting my quarantine hair right now that is way out of control? I love it, to be honest. Thank you. If you're only listening to this, that was a that was an advertisement in and of itself to come and check <laughs> us out live on Twitch stream. It's true. Twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit every Sunday, 8 p.m., including this Sunday, where we have uh, more scheduled talk and, and maybe a guest or two to talk about some other stuff. Um, but to wrap this one up, uh, in terms of expectations versus reality, was there anything that surprised you? Anything you're happy about? Anything you're unhappy about with, with how the schedule dropped? I, I guess I wasn't expecting 
no nationally televised games besides Thanksgiving. I thought that maybe they'd have a, a Friday night or maybe even a Thursday game somewhere else in their schedule. Yeah. But I guess I'm not as surprised by that as I, as I thought I would have been. So um, I don't know. I, I, I think what is interesting though, is what I mentioned at the top of the podcast and, and just talking about how there isn't as much balance to the schedule yeah. as there has been in previous seasons. So it's going to set up, set up an interesting, um, it sets up a bit of an interesting, especially as we attacked it through these four game clusters, it really kind of reveals itself as being, as most seasons are like a, a game of runs and whether or not you can string together a couple of win, couple of wins here and, and get a win that you can't there. And then all of a sudden you're in, you're in playoff talk, you're in 10 and six, 11 and five, maybe playing for a division where you have mentioned, Jeremy, it seems like a lot of the teams are kind of either plateauing or trending in the opposite direction. So right. 10 and six, or I, I think 11 and five really puts you in contention this year for the division in the NFC North. I think 11 and five definitely puts you within oh. striking range. No, I think 11 and five takes the division. No question. I think yeah. 10 and six could potentially take it this year. I, I really, I haven't really looked deep into the other teams in the division schedule, but they're, they're going to look almost identical to the lions uh, in one way or another. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, I think the bears are not much better. If at all, I, I don't think they're better than they were last year. I think the Vikings, while a lot of people hailed the draft as, as pretty good. Um, there's a lot of changing pieces on that defense, which is what that team's identity is. And can Kirk cousins repeat the kind of year that he had last year? I don't know. And then when you come to the Packers, I mean, who knows? Um, we, we all kind of agree that they overperformed last year. Um, but with, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, with the pressure on now, um, does that sense of urgency mean he plays better? Does it mean he continues to play worse as he has in the last couple of years? We'll see. Um, is there is there a stretch in this schedule that you view as kind of like the most crucial? Like, is it those first four games? If 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 they get off to a if they somehow I know you I think you said one and three um, or, or maybe even zero and four. Um, if they if they you know, maybe if they turn that into three and one, or, or is it the second half of the season coming right out of the that bye? Do they need to? Do they need a clean sweep right there? Or do they need to win three out of a uh, four there? What what part of the schedule do you think is like this is this is the make or break part of, of the line season? I think it's the meat in the middle. I think it's it's interesting how both of us identified those middle those two middle four quartets or yeah. those two middle quartets as being the kind of the most winnable games of the season before things get either difficult with talent level at the bottom of the schedule or things kind of um, are a little bit difficult because they have some tough games on the road. Also, you know, a a tough game at home versus the New Orleans saints. So I think those middle eight games, I think if the lions can go six and two with those eight games that they could really set themselves up for, for success, um, you know, either in the top half of that schedule, they win a couple games there, they sneak a game out and, you know, the bottom, whether or not it's against the Vikings or the Packers. And all of a sudden you're talking about wild card or maybe even division with how the rest of the chips fall and, and which games the Lions necessarily win. Because the, I, I do agree from a standpoint that the NFC North games are, are winnable. The Lions just have to go out and prove it. Yeah. And I mean, that's really true of everything here. I think, I think the last four is kind of the most interesting quartet, honestly, because like they're going to find out really quickly if they're a contender or not there. Like if the lines are even in the hunt by December, 
you're facing the Packers, Titans, Bucks, and Vikings. That's three playoff teams from last year and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You about you about to like enter a man's game right there. Like that's 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 the schedule right there. If if the Lions are or are going to not only make the playoffs but prove that they can contend once they get there, they're going to need to at least go two and two, if not three and one, in those final four. No question. Yeah, they will. And you know what? I don't what? know if I can do any more prognosticating. <laughs> you're you're out. I, what, I, I what if I bring I Bovada in here? Can he like start well, playing some lines? Yes. Yeah, I mean, if you got numbers, I got I got uh, him on speed dial for sure. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to save that for Sunday's podcast. Yeah, yeah, bring that out, and I'll bring a friend. <laughs> All right, sounds good. I guess that will then have to do it for our schedule release podcast. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned. Like I said, Sunday we'll have our normal longer full edition of our podcast talking about the schedule and a lot more. Thank you to our Twitch chat who was here providing us a lot of six and 10 or a lot of 10 and sixes and, and 16 is oh, 16 and O's in the chat. And uh, a lot of, a lot of dog gifts too. Cause we like those. Uh, thank you everybody. We'll see you on Sunday. Go lions. Bye. Bye. <laughs>